Miss 31, Mississippi State 21. The Rebels have won the 2021 Egg Bowl. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So be sure and head on over to the updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Join and use the promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-50. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take the advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. That's betonline.ag. today's show a big show today we are going to be joined by brett norsworthy of the Ole miss radio network and also of sports 56 whbq to kind of get a year-end review of this Ole miss football team is we're less than two weeks away from the all-state sugar bowl in new orleans and it will be a great game excited 7:45 kickoff a lot of events surrounding uh the sugar bowl be sure and tune in uh, to the podcast here and also reps 247 We'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on in regards to events. And one of the main events you heard here on the podcast last week, Kirk Purdom, the CEO of the Ole Miss Alumni Association, the big New Year's Eve bash that's happening in New Orleans. Be sure and tune in to uh, the podcast here and also uh, reps247.com or omissalumni.com, and uh, you can get all the information there. As it stands on the hardwood, the Ole Miss men's basketball team had a really good week. Following up its win over Middle Tennessee this past Wednesday, 62-52, to the Rebels faced Dayton this past Saturday and beat the Dayton Flyers for the first time in program history. Uh, it's almost like uh, every time the Rebels face Dayton, they lose. Well, they haven't had a <laughs> they haven't had a very good series with the Flyers, and the Rebels do a nice job uh, stretching a big lead, uh, 76-68 to inside uh, the Johnny Sandy Black Pavilion 
on the campus in Oxford. I've said all season how much I like Nazir Brooks, the center. Things played great defensively, and he's been a nice uh, stopper inside the lane, something Ole Miss hasn't had in quite a while. Well, 36 minutes, he leads the Rebels in minutes. Phil goes 8 for 12, 4 offensive boards, 7 defensive boards, and a total of 11 rebounds, 16 points. Oh, by the way, 3 steals. So far, it's been the player of the year for me. I don't know if people are going to say Jarkel Joyner, who, who chipped in 12 points uh, against Dayton, and in some way may say uh, Jamin Brakefield had nine points. I'm going with Brooks, and I think Brooks has been a phenomenal addition to this basketball team. And by the way, good news. Deshaun Ruffin comes back. 17 minutes, leads the team at 19 points. How's that? How's that for production? Deshaun Ruffin, broken hand, comes back. 17 minutes, 19 points. 9 of 12 from the free throw line, 5 of 9 from the floor, and uh, Ole Miss Rebels beat Dayton. The good news for the Rebels, the record now 8-3 and three in the season, 7-0 and oh at home, 1-3 in the neutral side. Have yet to play a true road game and will not play a true road game until the SEC schedule starts, which is very soon as the Rebels play Samford uh, coming up tomorrow. We record on Monday. As you hear this, the Rebels will play on uh, at three o'clock on Sanford, it's the um, annual Christmas vacation game, so there'll be plenty of Christmas va- vacation clips. Hasn't been the prettiest eight and three. I get that. The Rebels have not looked good against Boise State, uh, Marquette earlier in the year, and looked absolutely terrible against Western Kentucky and Atlanta, uh, losing that game, running away. But the good news is they're starting to turn a new leaf, and, and and it feels like that it's a completely different team with Deshaun Ruffin on the floor just seems like it's a completely different team. And they're going to need that. As December 21st, tomorrow, Tuesday, Sanford comes to town, 3 o'clock tip. Rebels get an almost an entire week off uh, after Christmas, December 29th, Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m., the Florida Gators come calling. That's kind of an odd time for the middle of the week. I guess it's because it's that week in between Christmas and and uh, New Year's, but it's a 4 o'clock tip on a Wednesday. That's the very first SEC game for this Ole Miss uh, basketball team. After that, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, it's the grind begins. And Coach Kermit Davis has to be pleased with how the Rebels are playing uh, at this point in the season. A reminder that today's podcast is brought to you in part by Lightbox. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest-quality lab-grown diamonds, well, quite frankly, you can find, at a light price, only 800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab because of the process that can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, and as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price or they won't have to. They really do make any outfit spark. Visit LightboxJewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's LightboxJewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. And how about Coach Joe in the women's basketball program? By the way, they're 11-1. They've won 11 straight basketball games. After losing the opening game of the year to Belmont, 62-50, the Rebels have run off 11 straight games. Mississippi Valley, Lamar, La Tech, Jackson State, San Diego State, Cal, New Orleans, Cincinnati, Hofstra, Samford, 
and today or depending on when you're listening and Monday morning they play Texas Tech in the Flow Hoops tournament in West Palm Beach Florida in the West Palm Beach Invitational 65 to 50 and it wasn't that close they'll play South Florida 12-15 Mississippi time the number 18 ranked South Florida Bulls in West Palm Beach They'll have a chance to beat a ranked team if the Rebels can come away with a win. That would be 11-1. You would think at some point Ole Miss is going to have to be ranked. The Rebels have played really good basketball down the stretch for Coach uh, Coach O. And you look at a couple of things. They're playing number one as a team. And this is a program that was, I'm not going to say left for dead, but it was not in a good spot when Coach, uh, Coach O let uh, McEwen took over. It was not. The good news for the Rebels, different people are stepping up. One day it may be Madison Scott. The next day, maybe Shakira Austin. Maybe Destiny Salary. Well, it was Angel Baker against Texas Tech. 24 minutes on the floor. Get these numbers. 11 of 13 from the floor. 2 of 3 from 3. 24 points. Incredible day for Angel Baker and it's going to take those players that aren't going to be called upon every single day to step up you're going to get everything you're going to get from Shakir Austin she's going to leave it on the floor only had eight points but played 27 minutes four of eight from the floor she dished it out had a great game Madison Scott the same way Destiny Salary 19 minutes Only one of four from the floor. Didn't have a great offensive game. Only two points. But LaShonda Monk off the bench, 17 minutes. Five of seven from the floor. Finished with 10 points. Those are the type games that Coach Joe is going to have to get for bench players to win in the Southeastern Conference. And she's getting it so far in the non-conference slate. Rebels have a great opportunity uh, tomorrow when it faces South Florida. Or today, depending on when you listen the 18th-ranked South Florida Bulls coming up for this Ole Miss women's basketball team who is 11-1. Going to start conference play after the South Florida game. That's December the 30th. That's in Oxford, and it's a 6 p.m. tip. I expect there will be a great crowd. This team's been on the road for a while. You have a chance to come home, have a great crowd at home against our pretty good Arkansas team. And it's not easy. We talked about this women's basketball schedule, about how difficult it is early. Arkansas always has a great team. South Carolina always has a great team. At South Carolina, by the way. At Florida. At home against Tennessee. Home against Alabama. And then it's that game against Mississippi State on January the 16th. I'll have the numbers for you soon. I don't have them right now, but I cannot remember the last time Ole Miss beat Mississippi State in women's basketball. I would expect Coach Joe's have that one. She has that one circled along with the players. Following that, you got Texas A&M at Texas A&M, at Kentucky, home against Georgia, at Missouri, home against LSU, at Mississippi State, home against Texas A&M, at Vanderbilt, at Auburn, and home against South Carolina. That one's on the SEC Network or ESPN2. So uh, you can get every one of these games, whether it be on ESPN, I'm sorry, whether it be on the SEC Network or SEC Network Plus. We can always download the app 
and listen to the Ole Miss Radio Network. Graham Doty uh, does a nice job play-by-play. Well, I listen to actually listen to Graham a lot today on the road when the Rebels took care of Texas Tech. Women's basketball program's rolling, and uh, Coach O, once again, came into a, a difficult spot. But credit Ross Bjork. Look, I, I know Ross Bjork gets – uh, he gets he gets popped pretty good from the Ole Miss fans, but he made a good hire in Coach Yo. She went to the portal. She went to the high school range, the JUCO range, however you can get them in. And she completely rebuilt this roster from scratch. And I'm when I mean from scratch, legitimately from scratch. Because whatever players were left when uh, there was a coaching change, a lot of them left. And she was left with very, very little. But she put her boots on. She went to work. And Ole Miss women's basketball has a really good program. This program has won 11 games in a row. The first time since the year 2000. It's been a while. Once again, we appreciate you being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. I want to give you a quick basketball update. Hoops is uh, cranked up. I really enjoy basketball. So much fun to watch. And uh, we'll keep you absolutely in tuned here. Preseason baseball poll came out. Ole Miss was ranked 19th. I don't think they'll finish 19th, but nonetheless, we do have a baseball poll, and it comes out. Uh, once baseball cranks up, we'll obviously keep you abreast of everything going on here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. A little more interesting that, uh, you know, if you'll remember, my Bianco kind of talked to LSU last year. We'll see uh, what the future holds with Ole Miss baseball, but uh, obviously it was a kind of a – a touchy deal last year, so we'll see uh, what happens with Ole Miss baseball. From all accounts, a great signing class. Carl Lafferty uh, and his crew uh, did a great job recruiting my Bianco. So uh, I expect Ole Miss to have a really good baseball team this year. So we'll keep you updated on everything going there. Once again, thanks very much for being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, downloadable options across all the download platforms. And we're so grateful that you've been part of the show. If you have any questions, just shoot us a DM on Twitter. That's at BradLoganCOT or at Believe in Ole Miss. That's B-L-E-A-V in Ole Miss. And we'll be happy to address any questions that you might have. If you have a sponsorship you'd like to be a part of the show, just shoot us a direct message. You can always email me at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com. Brett Norsworthy of the Ole Miss Radio Network coming up next right after the break here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, 
Our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganc-o-t-e. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Years in Ole Miss history. I've always culminated with a sugar bowl. They're back. Here come the Rebels. And we welcome in Brett Norsworthy, serves as the pre- and post-game host on the Ole Miss Radio Network. Also a part of Sports Time on Sports 56 WHBQ with Gabe Kewen every single day, every single afternoon. And uh, I tell you what, Brett, it's getting to the point to where bowl season is cranked up. And before we get to Ole Miss, it's been some pretty good bowl games so far. Brad, good morning, good afternoon. It, is, it has been, and it's, I, I love this time of year. I like all the bowls. I never run anybody's bowl down. I've been to a lot of different bowls. I've had fun at a lot of them. The key thing to have fun at a bowl is to win the game. I guarantee if you win the game, you have a lot more fun than otherwise. But through the years, whatever bowl, whatever town I've been to, I've had a lot of fun. I've enjoyed these games. And uh, with every single passing bowl, it gets a little more important. It builds to the proper crescendo, and it builds to Ole Miss back in the Sugar Bowl to kick off uh, January 1 of 2022. Yeah, and we uh, have a chance to go down and play in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor. Uh, the Rebels played in the Sugar Bowl against Oklahoma State just a few years ago. This one, Brett, you know, you and I talked off air. It feels a little different. And the reason I say that is you have players like Matt Corral, Nick Broker, that have said, you know, we're going to play one more game. This is not a Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Uh, saying that they're going to opt out. This is not a Charles Cross from Mississippi State opting out. Once again, nothing wrong with opting out. We understand that. We understand the NFL is kind of the end game. But I think it says a lot for head coach Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy coming back to coach this game. The players are coming back to play one more time. And I'll be honest with you, Brett, it feels a little more special this year. It does feel more special this time. And, and just look at the, the metrics, the numbers of it. Ten wins over a 10-2 a and two season, over a 9-3 and three season, in 2015, this time playing an opponent that is a champion, that is the champion of the Big 12. They, they have 11 wins. That, that, that's better than what Oklahoma State was. Oklahoma State was not champion of the Big 12 that year. Oklahoma was. And also, this is the two teams that were supposed to start the Lane Kiffin and Dave Aranda eras at, at Baylor and Ole Miss, respectively. But because of COVID, that game in Houston, that opening game last year, was scrapped on the whole opt-out. I am not ascribing any blame to anybody for whatever decision they made. Last year, Ole Miss was on, 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 a, on a disappointing side of that, not having Elijah Moore. I don't blame Elijah Moore a bit. I, I, not, a, not a bit. I, w- I, I, don't, I don't blame the, the, the players you listed. But at the same time, you can take a special pride in the ones that do play and the ones that do go and just imagine for the, the whole locker room dynamic when, you're, when your star quarterback 
that's going to be an NFL first-round draft pick that's probably going to have his name called in the first eight or ten or twelve picks at worst come springtime in the NFL draft, when he says he's playing, I think it'd be pretty tough for you to opt out. He's the, been the leader. He's been the glue of this team. You know, Nick Suss, I think, is a great reporter, Brett. I, I thought the piece that he did on Matt Corral, number one, I, sure, it had some facts in it, but he said he did not put this team on his back. I mean, I think that's exactly what he did early in the season against Tennessee. He had no receivers. He was throwing to walk-ons, transfers, and what he did was he absolutely put the team on his back. You look at Matt Corral's number. He threw 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. Those are just incredible numbers for 3,339 yards. Let's start there. Matt Corral had, quite frankly, Brett, one of the best careers, or should I say best seasons, in Ole Miss history. And and you look at quarterbacks over the years, whether it be the last name Manning, Chad Kelly, where does he stand in the annals of history for Ole Miss if you're looking at Matt Corral at quarterback? I think you may have to start with him. And, 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 you know, a a lot of it, uh, unfortunately – the pro career heavily impacts things. I think Bo Wallace should be appreciated uh, and fondly remembered more than he is. If for no other reason, 39 straight starts at quarterback pro Bo. I mean, Bo went out there and did it. And a lot of times, beat up, shot up, stitched together, injured, and, and, and went out there and performed. And, and, and Matt Corral has done the same thing. And you, you, you ran through those, those quarterbacks. And, and you, you think of the Ole Miss Sugar Bowl history, and we're also going to be there, and I think it's going to be so special to be a part to see Jake Gibbs mm-hmm. honored by the Sugar Bowl as a member of the Sugar Bowl Hall of Fame. He was MVP in 1961, and and you know, later you know, Archie Manning MVP, Chad Kelly was MVP the last time we are there. You really want to go down in Ole Miss football history and Annals a great quarterback? Go win a Sugar Bowl. That's kind of where it starts. And you look at what uh, Matt Corral has been able to do in his career. I think this year is where he really stood out. And we're visiting with Brett Norsworthy, of course. And what we like to call our year-end review, we visited with Brett midway through the year. There's been a lot happen since we visited last, Brett. But you look at this season, and it opens opens up with a, with a game over Louisville. And, we, and personally, Brett, I don't think we realize how big of a win that was to open the season in Atlanta, winning the game 43-24, to mainly because a D.J. Durkin defense really showed up well, played well. Malik Cunningham couldn't get anything going offensively. We learned players uh, like Mark Robinson. We learned players like Chance Campbell, Jake Springer. Little did we know they would play such an integral role throughout the season. That game, that game did set the tone. Complete control all night. A game that you know had had its choppy, kind of draggy moments because of the officiating and that 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 referee will be the referee, I think, for the for the Sugar Bowl. That That's crew. correct. But but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- that night, it did set the tone, and it, you know, then we came back to finally get back to Oxford, and you know, and and, and easily easily dispatched of Austin P, and then the long wait for the Tulane game, then the open date, and really a real humbler down at down at Alabama, but the game that turned the season around. And I said it in our pregame that day, and and Brad, I just don't understand on both sides, on both sides, on both the Ole Miss and the Arkansas side why all the fans won't embrace that game more as what it is. It is a really good rivalry. It always has been. And usually out of that game, the victor has a little better year than the defeated team. And we were barely the victor that day. 
and we had a little better year with, with two games better than, than Arkansas. But Arkansas had them a good year. If Arkansas wins that day, I don't know that we go nine and three, but I think they would. I think they would have finished nine and three. That's an interesting point, and you walk right into my next question. You look at the, the big three is what I like to call it: Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU. I said at the beginning of the year, if Ole Miss can somehow get through two and one or one and two, either either way, I think they'll have a, a decent season. I had no idea Ole Miss would win all three, and boy. Between Arkansas, which at that point the, the Razorbacks were ranked 13th in the country after big wins over, we thought, a pretty good Texas team and Texas A&M. And then you go on the road to Tennessee and that, you know, I know you've been in a lot of raucous environments, Brad. I don't great. know that I've ever seen anything as wild as, as, as Rocky Top that day with the mustard bottles and the batteries and Everything. Lane Kiffin and the, the golf balls. It, it was just – it was insane. Ole Miss beats Arkansas 52-51 to because the defense steps up late in the game, stops the K.J. Jefferson two-point conversion. And on the flip side, Joe Milton comes up short. Ole Miss beats Tennessee 31-26. to And then, of course, we know what happens with LSU. Ole Miss plays well, wins 31-17. Brett, when they go, they being Ole Miss, goes 3-0 and during that stretch, you kind of get the feeling this is a special season, don't you? Yeah, you did, and you, you could feel it. And it started you know, with stopping that two-point conversion – you know, I, I I don't know if we as much stopped it. Arkansas didn't run a good play, but it came up short. And, and Ole Miss was able to win. And, and then to go up to Knoxville. And i tell you a great story about how, what, what a fever pitch that Friday night around Knoxville was and that Saturday. So Glenn Waddle, uh, the public address announcer at Bald Hemingway Stadium, and our great road statistician for our radio crew, we're sitting down in the lobby. We're waiting for all our crew to assemble to head to Neyland Stadium. And it was almost funny for the 15 minutes that we were sitting there, every t- after, ring after ring, the phone would ring, and they would give the, the name of the hotel, no, we don't have any rooms, hang up, phone would ring, no, we don't have any rooms, hang up, no, we don't have any rooms. I mean, it was constant yeah. for the 15 minutes we sat down there. And I asked the desk clerk, I said, is it like this every week for Tennessee football? She goes, no, it hadn't been like this in forever. And it hadn't been. And that night at Neyland Stadium, as Danny White said, for the first 59 minutes, uh, you know, uh, uh, game game clock minutes, that was as good as atmosphere as you've ever seen. And Ole Miss able to hang on. And, you know, if Hendon Hooker doesn't get hurt, I don't know how that game turns out. But I also don't know how that game turns out if Matt Corral doesn't have one of the gutsiest Ole Miss uh, uh, football appearances ever. That performance, 30 totes and – down the stretch of the game, everybody in the ballpark knew the ball was going to be in his hands. You know, Michael Thompson, who was over-marketing for a number of um, years under Ross Bjork, now is doing, I think, probably the same thing at Texas A&M. Spent his entire career in Oxford trying to, to stop the we are Ole Miss. And Michael was tireless in his efforts, and I commend him for doing that, but he could never do it. It took Lane Kiffin coming to Oxford because against Arkansas, Brett, against Tennessee, those are games Ole Miss finds a way to lose. And those are L- games LSU that, even. yeah, those those are games where fans go, well, you know, we are Ole Miss. You know what? I haven't heard that any this year. No, no, and, and I, I greatly resist and, and reject that uh, sentimentality. For, I absolutely can't for, stand it. I, I can't stand it because I I, I just don't I, I don't know what good comes out of it. But Michael did fight the good fight, and you know we got a great team now, and the atmosphere, the atmosphere, heck, the A and M game. That's a game in the past that a lot of people thought, you know, oh, here we go again. But the, the atmosphere at the home games this year, 
I, I thought down the stretch of the Arkansas, LSU, and A&M game, being at home really put pushed the Rebels over the top. But the big thing that pushed them over the top, Coach Lane Kiffin. He the did. Job, the, the job he's done yeah. is remarkable. It's another reason why this Sugar Bowl, to me, is, 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 is a little more delectable, is a little more fun because there's no hint. There's no scandal. There's nothing right. around us. There's no going to be running to somebody in New Orleans and they say, you better have fun because our next three years are going to be rough stuff. None of that's going on. And, and, and Lane Kiffin has engineered this, and he's done a phenomenal job. And you go back in recruiting rankings, maybe, probably Matt Corral, probably Jerry, on, Jerry and Ely, but you know, this isn't a galaxy of stars in recruiting. This, this is a, a patchwork, a menagerie uh, of moving pieces and parts of transfers and six-year seniors and moving this one to another. You know, Mark Robinson playing running back at SEMO and comes in and is our defensive thumper. Now, we're only going to have him in the second half against Baylor because he, he got the targeting of targeting against State. It, 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 was, it was a no-brainer but to, to, for him to be ejected from the game. It's only going to have him for the second half. But you, you, you look at our transfers. You, you mentioned Springer. You mentioned Campbell. Uh, and those guys came in and made big, big plays. You know, you and I, I think, agree on this. Lane Kiffin didn't walk into a bare cupboard. I mean, he walked into a place that had some players with experience. And I think, you know, Matt Luke was – I was not one of Matt Luke's biggest fans. I understand that. But to give Matt Luke credit, there were some players in the coffer when Lane Kiffin came on board. Well, they were, but they hadn't, they hadn't enjoyed success, and they weren't that ballyhooed. Now, now, you're right. He, he did not come in to just nothing, but he didn't come in you – know, he didn't come in to, to, the, to the roster that Matt inherited. Looking at this Ole Miss team, you fast forward a little bit. Uh, on the road at Auburn, that's one that a lot of Ole Miss fans are looking back on and think they might have should have won that game. Uh, but then you come home against Liberty, beat A&M, beat Vanderbilt, and then finish out the season beating Mississippi State. Before we get too far down the road, the game at Auburn, Brad, you were there. Uh, Ole Miss just could not get things going offensively, didn't have any of their offensive weapons, and played well defensively. I think played a really good defensive game. Honestly, defense kept them in the football game. Well, it did after spotting it, you know, 14 nothing. Those first two Auburn drives were, oh, no, here it comes, especially with all the injuries had and then Ole Miss able to scratch out a field goal, get it to 14-3, and then it was a game. But the hole was too too deep, and who knew that was the last great ride of Bo Nix uh, on, on the Plains, and it was, and he was terrific that night. That, that night, Auburn was better. Uh, Auburn was at home. And, and Auburn won the game, won the game fairly handily and had, had the end zone interception from Matt and had the whole debate about, you know, going for it or, or kicking field goals. I, I still would defend going for it because, you know, really what was field goals going to get you that night. But but came up short, but then closed strong. And, and I, that, that morning at the team hotel in Montgomery, I had an old, uh, old Miss insider on the, on, with the team tell me, he goes, you know, if we win this one tonight, we go to the college football playoff. We don't lose again. Well, we didn't win that one. We didn't go to the college football playoff, but we didn't lose again. Yeah. When Hugh Freeze came back, very briefly, with Liberty, it, it, it felt like Ole Miss fans in general, Brett, had really moved on. It, it was almost like the fan base was indifferent with Hugh Freeze across the sideline. And there was not near the pomp and circumstance, the the outcry, the emotion that I that I expected. What about you? Same same thing. I I, I you know I, I thought it was 
uh, you know, just a pretty good team over there. We didn't play ex- exceptionally well that day. Was able to, to dispatch of them and win fairly easily. Thank goodness for that first play of the game from Jerry and Ely. That kind of set the tone that day. And and it, it, it's it's the master of the obvious comment. Most teams do, but Ole Miss, we we really play better when we play from ahead and, and can play downhill. Yeah. And that day we could play downhill and kind of hung on. Malik Willis woke up late in the game and made some plays. But look, the every everything. Everything, I mean everything, A to Z about Hugh Freeze has been adjudicated. It's out there in the public realm, A to Z. Uh, thank you so much for your years of service. Thank you for delivering us to our first Sugar Bowl in 46 years. But we're going back to another one, and this time we're going back without him. And it goes to show, Brad, all the people through the years that want to that waller in that we are Ole Miss. Well, let me tell you what you can do at Ole Miss. Two of the last three coaches have been able to be in the college football playoff bowl mix. And now out of eight years of this current setup, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, we've been there three times, 14, 15, and now in 21. Those are incredible numbers. And uh, I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are excited about New Orleans. And that trip couldn't have happened if not for what I think, Brett, one of the most complete games I've seen uh, watching an Ole Miss football team in probably 20 years and when Ole Miss beat then number 11 Texas A&M in Oxford. I thought defensively and offensively, the game plan by Jeff Lebby and but offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, uh, D.J. Durkin, I thought it was a phenomenal game plan and Ole Miss beats A&M 29-19. Yeah, it, it was just a magical weekend. The first time in Ole Miss football history to win a game falling on 29-19 you know, you buy you buy the square games. You get nine and nine. You're not gonna win much. But but that 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 night we did and we won we won the game and it was just a, such a great feeling. And I felt like the two weeks before that against Liberty and Vanderbilt that Coach Kiffin and and the staff and the team was playing a little bit of the rope a dope, really getting ready for that A and M game and uh and 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 our, our and and and, and our, Vanderbilt wasn't before it. Liberty was before it. Right. And I really felt like it was a little bit of a rope-a-dope that week, uh, and, and, and it was. And, and then for Vanderbilt, almost the same kind of dynamic, getting ready for the Egg Bowl. Yeah, and speaking of the Egg Bowl, now Ole Miss 2-0 and against Mike Leach, and it feels like Ole Miss has gotten some separation in that rivalry now. The Rebels will host Mississippi State next year, and it feels like, you know, not the animosity that we've seen with Dan Mullen and Hugh Freeze, and it just feels like that separation is there. Ole Miss is kind of doing a nice job over the last couple of years of just being the better team on the field, and uh, Ole Miss took, takes care of Mississippi State pretty easily, 31-21. to 21. A little bit little bit dicey there in the end, Brett, but Ole Miss did a nice job of separating. Yeah, it, it, it did, and, and you knew it would be. It's never easy. It's never easy on the road. Sure not easy there. Great atmosphere against a, a team that was really playing well and a quarterback that I think we enter next year should should be talked about in the Heisman Trophy candidacy. I, I think the summer of 2022 for Will Rogers should be uh, the summer of love, much like summer of 2021 was for Matt Corral. He's that good a player and a great offense with plenty of firepower around him. Ole Miss able to, to, to pull that game out and win that game. I, I thought what really hurt Mississippi State in that game Again, it's it pretty pretty obvious to everybody who watched the game. What was right before the half when when they, when they couldn't catch the football? If they yeah. put, they put some points on the board before halftime. You know, it might have been a different game, but but they didn't. And Ole Miss able to persevere. And we knew when the clock struck zero, get to bring the golden egg back to Oxford. Two, winners of two in a row. Now next year at home, 
and also if things broke right, another trip to the Sugar Bowl, and they did. And you look at this Ole Miss football team, a chance to win 11 games, Brad, I think for the first time in program history. And that uh, says a lot, number one, about Lane Kiffin. But I think it says a lot, too, about the administration led by Keith Carter. Uh, Keith's done a phenomenal job. I've been very adamant on this program about how much I think he's brought to the program after you know Ross Bjork had built it up. Uh, and I think Keith has really carried on that legacy. And if Ole Miss can win that 11 games, Brett, that has to bode well. Uh, there's been a lot of hand-wringing, pearl-clutching about the recruiting class. It's a different type of recruiting with Lane Kiffin now that the portal is in play. If Ole Miss can win that 11 games, Brett, what are you kind of looking for next season? There's going to be a lot of departures, whether it be through the NFL or the transfer portal or graduation. So this team's going to have a lot of unanswered questions in the offseason. Well, I, I like to say, you know, now in college football and in college sports in general, nobody has a 30-year mortgage anymore. No, no, nobody's but it, It's all one-year hitches now. It, it kind of is for the coaches, kind of for the players. I, I hear people say whether Lane Kiffin's going to be involved in other jobs, it, it's going to hurt in recruiting. Here's what I would tell the recruits. Uh, you, you come here and play for me. If I leave, you can leave, and the next guy can bring in somebody else. I mean, everybody knows – it, it is a, it's kind of a one, two-year hitch now. All these players that signed last week, how many will actually be there in four years for a senior day celebration? In four years, play football the fall of 22, 23, 24, and at the last home game of the 25 season, we'll be down there with the commemorative jersey and, it, and, it, and his mother having the bouquet of, of, of flowers. How many will it be out of the signing classes? An average of about five or six or seven. Now I know there'll be, it'll be bigger people at the ceremony because other seniors will float in and, 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 and out and some will be redshirted. But from four years from signing, how many will be? Not many at all. And that, that's, that's for everywhere. It's been a special season, and I know I'm excited to, to visit with you down in New Orleans. I did want to ask you a couple of post-game, uh, post-season award questions and just kind of get your thoughts on this. Uh, anyone not named Matt Corral, who's the Offensive Player of the Year for Ole Miss? Probably Dontario Drummond. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I would go with Dontario Drummond, may, maybe Snoop Connor, but you know, it's hard to pick the running back of the year award at Ole Miss. They have such different needs, or should I say they bring so many different things to the table. Uh, Snoop Connor, a bruising back, uh, ended up having 626 yards on the year. Uh, the offensive line was yeah. so good all year. Uh, it, 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 it would really was a team, the ultimate team sport, had to play as a team. Now, the conductor being the coach and the quarterback, we know historically it's always as big. I, I tell people, quarterback's the most important position. It, it, it is the most important position in all a team sport. It's a reason why they have the best-looking girlfriends. you got to have one. But you got to have everything else, too. I'll ask the same question on defense. Obviously, it could be – 44, yeah. Chance Campbell. Well, I was going to say, if it's not Sam Williams, is it Chance Campbell? And I think I agree with you. I mean, he's been he was phenomenal this year, and and, and getting everybody lined up, having the the defensive plan relayed from the sideline, and then keeping everything in the middle plug. And, and and what Sam Williams did from late in the Arkansas game on, I mean, it it was it, it was a spectacular year, and it made him a lot of money, and I'm so happy for him. Finished the year with 99 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss for 51 yards. Also finished with six sacks, and uh, it was a great year for Chance Campbell. Looking back on the season, 
as a whole looking back on all of the games. I know you talked about Arkansas kind of being a turning point. Is that the game you think that where you kind of looked around and thought, this is going to be a special season? I, I think so. But then I, I, I know so after leaving Tennessee and, and walking away with that 31-26 win. But then, the, but for me, and, and shared it with you during the ceremony, the, the moment of the year was the LSU game and, and honoring Eli Manning and, and, and that whole day. I, I, I get really wrapped up into game day. And I, I will tell people a lot of times I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm the good kind of nervous on game day. That day I was probably the bad kind of nervous because I, I, I was just all day kind of muttering to myself, we can't lose on Eli Manning day. We just can't lose on Eli yeah. Manning day. I was really uptight a lot of that day, a lot of that weekend for that. And, and when we got the lead and you knew the clock was going to expire and we were going to win on Eli Manning day to make it even more special. It was a, it's been a heck of a year and a heck of a run for Ole Miss and uh, head coach Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss faces Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. And, uh, you know, Brad, what are you kind of looking for uh, just from a fan perspective uh, in regards to New Orleans and the game in and of itself and facing a really good Dave around the team? Well, we're going to have so much fun in the run-up. You know, whether you get there the 29th or the 30th, you come in New Year's Eve and we celebrate and we have another New Year's Eve in New Orleans and another Sugar Bowl. All of that just magical, magical in the Ole Miss world. But then on, on January 1 at 7.45, very late in the day, got to play football and playing against, again, a, a championship team, the champions of the Big 12 and with, with not one but two good quarterbacks. And we know what Dave Aranda can do on defense. It's a classic offensive versus defensive strategy, head coach uh, matchup. The TV and everybody loves that. I, I love anytime the announcer can, can say pregame, something's got to give, you know you got a good matchup. And before we let you go, Brett, we've got to ask probably the most important question for Ole Miss fans, and we've waited, uh, what, 26 minutes before we ask this question. What's the number one restaurant you're looking forward to down in New Orleans? Well, I, I, I love going to Galatoire's, and I'm looking forward to going to it. I, all of them so good. Off, off the beaten path, uh, we're not re- really that off the beaten path. Plenty know about it, but I, I, love, I, love, I love Clancy's. I love Stanley's. I love uh, uh, I, just so many good places. You, you almost can't go wrong. Nothing wrong with sitting at the bar at Felix's. Uh, it's, it's so so good and so fun. And, and and like last time, you know, just took over all my life. All my life, I'd wanted to be standing in the middle of Bourbon Street when the clock struck midnight. Well, I got to do it in 2015, bringing in 2016. Don't know if I'll do it again this time. I might. I, I might be a little too old for it this time. But it was so fun last time, and literally, as soon as like the festivities and and old Anxiety plays and hugging and kissing, the loudest hotty toddy cheer you can ever imagine, standing in the middle of Bourbon Street. He's Brad Norsworthy, the pre and post game host, along with Richard Cross on the Ole Miss Radio Network, also uh, the co host with Gabe Kewen of Sports Time on Sports Fifty Six WHBQ. And so kind enough to join us here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Brett, look forward to seeing you down in New Orleans. It's been a blast, and thank you so much for being part of the program. Brad, happy holidays and happy new year, and can't wait to get to New Orleans. And thanks once again to Brett Norsworthy for joining the show. You will not find anyone that's more knowledgeable about college football than Brett Norsworthy. Of course, you can hear him every single weekday on Sports Time on Sports 56 WHBQ, and also every 
football game, pre- and post-game on the Ole Miss Radio Network alongside Richard Cross. Once again, thanks, everybody, for being part of the show. It's been so much fun, and it's because of you and because of you telling your friends about the podcast. And uh, we could not be more grateful than you being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Once again, be sure and tune in to Rebs247.com. Recruiting is still going on. There's still a lot of questions about the transfer portal. There is a signing day coming up in February. Also, men's and women's basketball is hot and heavy, along with an offensive coordinator hire that's going to be coming. Everything is covered for you on Inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports and Rebs247.com. Once again, one of our sponsors, we're very happy to be partnered with Bet Online. Back better than ever. Remember, head on over to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts, that's betonline.ag. We'll talk to you soon, and thanks again for listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. listening to the believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan download the show on Apple podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E and at believe podcasts as well as Facebook Brad Logan media from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.